The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, the station where you get to speak your mind. It's where talk matters. Carry V in your company. I'm going all the way to 6 p.m. Holding on for David today, today, today. And guys, you know it's all about November, right? And we're going to be joining Jason J.W. Williams. Yeah, the guy from the Morning Brew. Oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're going to be joining him as he's going to be sitting down, talking with men about different issues. So don't forget, you can continue sending us those messages via WhatsApp, 306-1065. Maybe you have a question or a comment to make. Yeah, we're taking that as well. All right, so now we join Jason J.W. Williams. Welcome as we get into a very important discussion, a panel discussion, and we're going to call this Men Talk, and men need to talk, and we are talking right here via Freedom FM and CNC3. I want to welcome uh, the panel, and before that, let me again say it's a sincere joy to be here in the capacity of the moderator, accompanied with men who are distinguished in their particular field, uh, JW, in your company, and I'm joined for this men talk first we hope of many by dr matthew he is a general physician and a medical doctor a man who will i guess give us that medical perspective but also his personal perspective as a man who has gone through all the 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 uh, that that journey of studies and and, and the challenges in, in challenges in that regard to get his particular uh, profession we give thanks for his input so dr matthew will join us we also are joined uh, today by radio personality on Sky FM. We acknowledge Curtis Jordan here with us uh, for the great discussion for Men Talk. Curtis, again, as mentioned, on the all-new Sky, you could check him out. And with us, representing the M Power TT, we welcome Luke Kwamana and Keon Cunningham. For those hearing about Empower TT, probably for the first time. I don't know if you're living under Rockapelti Kush, <laughs> but they are indeed, uh, that's a program designed to mentor vulnerable men and uh, foster hope in the community. So that's our panel. As we get into serious discussions, we are going to be touching on a wide range of topic, topics, uh, gentlemen, from men's mental health to, um, you know, our sexual struggles and, and the issues that make us feel a bit vulnerable so we're gonna really find that nice sweet spot with all the discussions and we're gonna keep it real inside the men talk so we come back after the break and get the discussion going right here on freedom fm and cnc3 welcome back it is men talk here on freedom 106.5 fm and cnc3 let's get the panel into the discussion immediately men's mental health i wonder where our grandfather, our great-grandfather, our fathers would have been, or if they would have been different in terms of their whole approach, if this was something mentioned back in the day, if this was something part of their fabric. To me, it's something a bit recent. I don't know if it's been around for quite a while, but this whole talk of mental health, and more so men's mental health. Uh, where, where's the panel on that? I'll start with yeah, so, so, so men's mental health, thanks, thank you, sir. Men's mental health is something that is uh, relatively new um, in the world and particularly in Trinidad here. 
uh, our grandfathers would not have had Mendelin clinics and stuff like that back in, in their day. And uh, it's something that I, I think is very, very important in our, in our uh, situation here because men in general and men on a whole, they are human beings. And human beings express emotion. Human beings express fear. Human beings have anxiety. And for far too long, men are told, and, and it's, it's part of our culture, that um, we should not express these things. And it takes a toll. It takes a physical toll. It takes a mental toll on us. And uh, we need to have avenues where we can, first of all, appreciate that we have these emotions. Let me ask Curtis, who are we being strong for? Is it we being strong for our, the women in our lives, or are we being strong to show a face to other men, that you can't really show that weakness around an ex-man? Well, I think it's, it's across the, both, both sides. You know? I, think, I think we want to be looking strong in public, but at the same time, we want to spread our feathers and make sure our women know that we're strong. But you know, you know what's interesting to me? When it comes to mental health, you know, we, we are quick to know how to fix our physical health so quickly. We could drop on the ground and do 100 push-ups. Nobody have to tell us that. But you see, when it comes to mental health, we feel that that is for the insane. That kind of conversation is for people who, who your mind not all together, when it's so, so much more than that. So I, I think uh, as men, we really need to open this conversation. It's something that we, as you just mentioned long ago, that was nothing. But when you think about now, I think we have a whole lot more to deal with now as men than ever before in history of mankind. Huh? Well, look and Kion, I want to bring you all in because there are many men who will tell you that they look back at and the reason I brought father and grandfather into the mix for those who would have had that experience. I didn't. I didn't. So I, I kind of had to learn things looking at uncles and, and the different uh, you know, people in the community. But I've always heard brethren say, it would break their heart to see their father cry. They can't, they can't fathom the thought of their father breaking down. And most mm. fathers will stand strong, especially for their sons. And that would have been the kind of hard man, father and grandfather, that we grew up knowing from back in the day. They're asking men to be a little more vulnerable now to show emotion. Um, is this leaning towards a softer man? Is mental health creating a softer man? Well, you know, it's important of how we interpret strength, mm. right? I think the world wants a man to take leadership but the world does not want a passive man a man that does not understand how to fill his role and his responsibility so they're very careful that if i want you soft to relate to i do not want to compromise strength and leadership and i think that's the difference there when we think back in history before the industrial age the man was a hunter you have to go out and, and get the food. You have to come back home with a prize. That is how you were, you know, um, um, uh, praised because you got the kill. Mm. And I think from that, a man had to be strong. But understand the man as playing a role in the family. Today, some wives earn more than the husband, and they've asked him to stay home with the family. So his role has changed throughout time. And now we're asking for that man to even be more relational. You're not out in the wild anymore all day, killing and coming back with the kill. Now we're asking you to change pampers as well. Could you share and cook a little pilau every now and then? And so rules have changed. And I think the world has asked the man to, to treat with his heart uh, as much as he has treated with his hands. Fiona, what's your, what's your take on this whole mental health awareness that's part of the modern fabric, part of the conversation in this time? I believe that it's something that is very much needed. 
But just to go back to what Luke was saying there in terms of that whole societal structure, we tend to see it portraying itself very, very indirectly to us as men. You know, it's very difficult when you have such clashing rules, especially as he said, um, now the women, they are breadwinners. And what you know as ideally as a man, fundamentally in your instinct or nature, hunter, protector, provider, those things are being, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say tampered with, but sort of inclusive as it relates to the women and men. So now we see both gender having to play that sort of role that men would have known was theirs. How do a man go forth now knowing that he used to bring the bacon, but now she's saying, hey, I bring in the bacon too. The whole pig. The whole pig. <laughs> and coming back, to, coming back to GW's point where in terms of our grandfathers and fathers, their time was very different in terms of their role and function as man was ideally to provide, protect, and put food on the table. And it wasn't challenged. It was no. literally the fabric. It was understood. Yeah, it wasn't challenged. But now what we're seeing is a whole 21st century societal structure where we see the women in the workforce, the men also in the workforce. So when the, when the men and the women clash, it's a, a very, very strange dynamic. Well, here this interesting uh, development, and it's something I don't know if you have ever, ever experienced it in the workplace, but we have always heard of the scenario, and it's two scenarios, where because of women's rise, especially in the corporate world, now top tier administrative positions in most entities, they might now lay down certain laws and rules in organizations. So a man will have to be very, you know, cautious, walk sometimes on thin ice because some of them come in a bit hardline. So now he will have to reassert his dominance in the home and might be extra forceful at home. And then there are men who at home have to walk easy, you walk on the eggshells, and you come to work now and you have to now overcompensate and show your dominance, especially if you're in a role of leadership in a workplace. Is that a scenario where men who are caught in that particular, that funny ticklish place, do they need to sit with someone, a professional, to probably balance it off? So to answer that question, we need to ask, why is that happening in the first place? Why does a man feel the need that he may need to overcompensate and work or at home or vice versa? And it all comes from the man himself is not comfortable with something new. The man himself is not comfortable um, with the challenge against our cultural norms and, and values um, that we grew up with. Uh, in this case, I, I would recommend that men speak with other men. Now, it wouldn't be any and everybody. So you wouldn't go to the bar and the, the, the guy who is there, your partner on the street, um, he said, well, you know, you have to go and show your dominance, whether it be at work or whether it be in, at home. He may not be the best person because he may not understand the change that is occurring in the world. Um, so you as a person should be able to have these forums, should be able to speak with like-minded individuals, like-minded men who understand that things are changing. It's okay to be passive. It's okay to also show dominance when it needs to, to happen. Because I guess a man who is confident and sure of himself doesn't have to overcompensate. You don't have to come into the room Correct, and say, well, it. hey, look, my hair. But I've seen it. I've seen where men, you know, at home, they really come down a bit hard on the children, on the wife, because at work, you have yeah, to battle the crease. Or the flip side now, where at home, 
your wife have you under real needles. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it and you're coming to workplace now and you have people skipping. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that is where you can show your dominance. It, ha it has to do with your, your man's ego. And, 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 and well, that, that is a, a whole topic by itself. If you go back also to your high school days, men, mm. we shadow a lot. That's how we first learn manhood. It's not something spoken. We didn't sit down Correct. in a class and somebody didn't say, this is how you do, but monkey see, monkey do. Mm -hmm. So we started to shadow. I grew up in a household of faith, and my dad, who has really made a big, big, big impact in my life, introduced me to the philosophy in faith, which actually puts a structure in the home. He says, you know, God, and Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of the home. So I started to hear a philosophy where you're the head because you're taking responsibility for the provision and the protection of everybody under your care. So the imagery that I got was not from the street, it wasn't from school, it wasn't from the internet. I started to get my philosophy from a place from the home, which I believe is the first institution all of us learn from. And that is really what shaped my mind. The truth is, you know, you know the book, as a man thinketh, so is he. Where do thoughts come from, even about manhood? What is really feeding the thoughts that forms philosophy of man today? And that's the question of why we behave like that, whether at home or in the workplace. Well, Curtis and Keon, I mean, you could weigh in. Where, where is the structure for the young man who didn't get that kind of experience? <laughs> who, well, there's a structure, you know. <laughs> especially, especially now in these modern times. Because he didn't have that template to work what, with. What, mm. what Luke is, is speaking about here is, is, is a very unique situation where, quote-unquote, I would say very perfect mm -hmm. in, in such a way, but we don't see that now. Yeah. We have a lot of single parenting households. So I, I remember just as Luke reading a book, and it's called Dad is Destiny. What it's saying is where the father figure goes, so does society. Wow. A lot of our young men don't have that father figure or even an image of a father figure to portray. Mm. Who, they t who do they turn to? We know the family is the first agent of socialization. And when you want to feel that love and belongingness, where they will go, and we have that situation in Trinidad and Tobago where the young men, they will turn to the gangs to feel that love and belongingness. Yes. Curtis, before we take the break, we have a couple of seconds. I'll just give you a chance to close off this particular part of the discussion. Yeah, most definitely. You know, as my boy here was just saying, this family structure is where the whole issue is, and that is where everything else comes from. So knowing in reality that a lot of homes do not have the father figure, we are looking at BET and MTV as to how, how we're supposed to be led. We're watching online. <laughs> we, we are listening to, to, to the gangs. We are listening to here, there, to really know how to be led because we want to be led. Every man wants to be led. So, so I think we have to zero back in mentally. We have to zero back into the family, build it from there, and watch things plus on man. I mean, the good thing is we're having the discussions, and I think uh, in this modern time, uh, using the medium of, of media and, of course, social media and other platforms, it's very integral that we as men sit, we talk, we trash it out, and we come to a common ground. We're going to come back and get into some of the sexual struggles and that in itself is one that is a real hard, very difficult, uh, touchy talking point. Uh, we mentioned ego earlier. Well, boy, that is one that could really uh, put a stroke on your ego in a negative way if there are problems. So we'll find ways to address it and to get remedies going forward inside Men's Talk, the platform in real time, right here.
Well, men talk, and we're getting into a very, uh, a very touchy one, uh, sexual struggles. And I probably want to bring, uh, you know, the doctor into the discussion immediately because I'm of the assumption, Dr. Matthew, most issues of a sexual nature might be the back end or it might present, when you look at it probably from a medical perspective, is because something else is being presented. And I guess that's how a man will know that they need to probably go get themselves checked because I guess uh, all systems are not functioning. So, so first of all, men don't like to seek help at all. So health is a total case by itself. Um, to come and say that I want to see a doctor, it takes a lot out of a man, and we, we see that all the time. Yeah. To come and say, to come to the doctor now and say, hey doc, I'm also having problems sexually. That takes it even more. Yeah. And we need, to, we need to essentially level the playing field, let men know that it's okay to come out, and especially to, to help professionals to, to speak about these issues that you have there, because there, there are ways that we can manage it. So. Um, sexual issues can come from psychological problems, from anxiety, fear. It could even be something um, like, so in, for example, in our population, there are a lot of men with diabetes that also cause them to have some sexual dysfunction. Mm. Um, there are things that once you can discuss it with, a, with a, a medical professional, we can find management and you can feel better about yourself because as we mentioned ego before, um, men don't like to speak about it because it's, it's taboo. Yeah. I mean, gentlemen, this literally ties back into mental health. Yes. Really, because that, if it's one thing could mash up your mental. Of course. Is, <laughs> you know, especially sure. if, if, you're, if you're a woman, your wife at home, you, you really, she's frustrated. Worse yet, she's seeking uh, pleasure and service from somebody else. You find out. Those are things really could, could send a man over the, over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, expanding the issue as far as sexual health is even how men entreat with other women. I remember going to a car wash and I heard a, a young man speak about how he dealt with this young girl. And it was out of spite because it was the daughter of somebody who did him wrongly. And I just couldn't hear JW. I had to pull him aside and say, I'm going to pay you. I don't want you to complete the car for the rest of the time. I want to talk to you. Um, because very early my father spoke to me. Now, it's not a faith talk. It's not seeing the woman as an object. She's a person, you have a sister. My mother, God bless her soul, used to say, watching how you're treating your sisters, you know, one day you'll get a wife. My father, when I get a first paycheck, he said, why, why are you caring for your mother? So it was things in the household that says, these are the women in your community. Mm -hmm. Let me see how you're doing here, because it will speak on how we treat the woman on the outside. And so besides the performance as far as sexual health, I think it also expands into how men treat that whole experience when it comes to respect. I remember one month, as you're about to switch, one of my friends working in the children's society said we were up to almost 3,000 calls per month, one of the months. And in many of those cases, many of it, were children who were facing sexual abuse. Mm. Fellas, we in man, because this yeah, is a very um, serious yeah, so, so very talking point. So, so very true what Luke is saying there. What I want to, in terms of um, health issues with men, 40% of us, we never speak about our health issues. And I mean, where do we even start? Because to really sit down and tell a man yeah. or tell a doctor, we'll see it probably. And, and if a female doctor, he might feel worse. And I even out of that, um, that 40%, 20% are embarrassed, embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, the sorry. And then much. another 20% out of the 40 they 
fear the stigma attached. What about those who might self-medicate, who might just, you know, say they're going to get roots a punch, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, uh, right. pull a hoop, they feel right. a figure, something might, something from the ground might get systems back, back going. True. But in terms of the, the sexual education, coming back to Luke, Luke's point again, the family structure, I believe, plays such a fundamental role in educating our young men about sexual education. Because probably 80% of us never learned sexual education yes, from no. home. No. We learned it from the social media, pornography, all those kind of things, which is a, has a negative impact, which would cause the psychological effects as well as the anxiety and all those underlying issues, which also goes back to the next um, same point in terms of mental health, mm. you understand? So those are things that we, we need to look at, and I believe now more than ever, our family, the household needs to start to have that conversation with their young men. Hey, early. son, let us speak. Let us sit down and speak about these things. In real talk, real talk in real time, uh, men, you think if, let's say, there is a sexual struggle, you're, you're discussing it with your woman, um, you know, you're trying to work it through and she's clearly not willing, hmm. It's best you just uh, go separate ways and get somebody who's a little more supportive. What do you feel in that regard? No, no, no. There's, there's, always, a, there's always another method you can go to first. Okay. Um, so, again, it all comes down to why is this happening in the first place? Mm -hmm. So is it because I, as a man, have, have a fear about something? Am I anxious about something? Is there something that is medically wrong with me? Mm -hmm. um, is there a, a, a problem between me and my partner? That is, that is preventing this um, from, from happening or occurring. There, there needs to be communication, proper communication between you and your partner. You need to, as, again, as a man, you, you don't want to talk about these, thing, these, these things with another man. You don't want to talk about it with your, your medical practitioner. You don't even want to talk about it with your partner. So then who are you talking to about it? Well, you see, what happens, a lot of men sometimes don't want to talk because, you know, they've said that a woman's greatest weapon is her mouth. Mm -hmm. So you really want her now, yeah. telling her sister, telling her mother, your mother-in-law, mm -hmm. the neighbor, yes. and people watching you and snickling when you pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So these are things where a lot of times people carry so much pain. Mm. You carry that burden because you really don't want to share. You're not too sure then. So, so it, makes, it makes men feel vulnerable, and that, that, that's the root cause of everything there, mm. where mm. you think that because I'm vulnerable, I am not a man. Mm. And, and that's a key point there. Um, and because of that vulnerability, you feel fear, you feel anxious, you feel like you can't do anything else. You, you don't want to think about it. You want to ignore it. And ignorance, in, that, that comes into play. Now, I'm going to be ignorant about this problem I have. I'm not going to see about it and let it fester. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. And we see that all the time in our clinics. For men, we suffer much more emotional and psychological issues than we do physically. Mm. And there's no type of plaster that you could put on those kind of cuts or wounds. How do we deal with it? Again, coming back to Luke's point, we go in that cave. Two things can happen when we go in that cave. It's either we go deeper or we don't come out. Mm. Some women, their, their mouth being their weapon, they can send us much deeper in that cave, not allowing us to be vulnerable. And yeah, oh yes, by all means, our vulnerability is our superpower. So and I want to just take a quick one. We come back, actually, and see if we could try to formulate some solutions because I know, uh, you know, some solutions were... You, you put forward some there, Dr. Matthew. We, we're getting into certain words, trigger words, vulnerability, uh, ways to come out of that cave. So, so let's see if we could uh, find some measures that we could all utilize in our personal lives during our, during our dark moments and our struggles as we continue right here on Freedom and CNC3 with your men talk. Are we talking it in real time? Right here. See you soon.
Men Talk, very serious discussion as we talk to the panel and we're going to get into some solutions. We spoke about mental health issues. We spoke about the vulnerability that exists when sexual struggles occur. Um, but we're trying to find some solutions now because, again, most, most men, they self-medicate. Whether it's punched by the punch man, they want uh, the, 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 the stout with the linseed and the beetroot and the, 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 turtle, the turtle gorgon and you, you name it, and they want it blend up. And they figure, okay, I'm back in again. And sometimes you could be doing more damage yes. to yourself. Um, how do we start that process of healing and, and trying to come to terms with whatever darkness we find ourselves in at the point in time? So I, I like the fact that you say come to terms, it's just because that's, that's the first step. You mm. need to acknowledge that there, there may be a problem that I have. There may be, whether it be a, a health issue, a mental issue, um, a work-related finance issue, that you have to accept that there is a problem. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you vulnerable. It just allows you to say, hey, this is something that I could look at sorting out. I can prioritize this. I need to do something about it. I need to acknowledge that it exists. Once we acknowledge that it exists, then we could take steps to alleviate the problem, we can take steps to prevent the problem from, from happening in the first place. So which so the problem of, let's just say, your men's health. A man is a human being. Human beings get sick. Human beings have diseases. Human beings have problems, whether it be um, physical problems or mental problems. We need to accept that. It doesn't make me less of a man. I am not invulnerable. I am not invincible. I need to get that out of my head, especially the young men in particular. They think they're at the top of the world. They think they can do everything that they want to do, use drugs, alcohol, everything, and get away with it. It takes a toll on the body in the long term. So we need to acknowledge that there is a problem, and we need to find a ways to address the problem. It all comes down to what is causing the problem in the first place. You know, I think that has, that has to do so much with safety or finding that safe space where you actually can talk, not just among men, but even in your relationships. A lot of men experience anxieties uh, when they're talking to their, to their significant other. And my situation is a little bit different from some people where I am married. So um, there's a greater level, I shouldn't say it's perfect, but it's a greater level of security that if I'm having an issue, um, it anxiety or sexual issues, my wife, when we got married, is for better or for worse kind of situation where they are more willing to fight it out and help you to recover. But having a, an, a regular relationship where you believe that this woman has 10 million different options and a minute something go wrong with you, you next, you out, you out the door. That's, that's such a huge burden to carry. And that's why we, a lot of men just shut up and try to fix it, self-medicate. But we look at the modern structure, the modern, over-sexualized world we live in, and in a marriage or even outside of a marriage, in a committed relationship or otherwise, you're having a good time. And again, the, the tire flat, you know, it, it just, it's not working out. Hmm. Could a man really have that honest, straightforward conversation? Sometimes too, your mind somewhere else, you know? Sometimes yeah. it might be with someone and your, your interest is elsewhere, so clearly, hmm. you know, you, you, your mind, uh, from what we know, is one of your most impor important, if not the most important, sexual organ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If the mind is off, everything else will fall yeah. down. Yeah. So how do we stay authentic, um, keep it real, but at the same time be, be sensitive in, in our delivery if we mm. need to really speak the truth mm. to who we were at the point in time? Mm. I don't believe anybody is beyond being coached or taught. I don't care how successful you are. Mm. There's somebody who is beyond you. And I've learned, and I need more people 
who are beyond me than just people who are around me. Mentors help you discover purpose. It can help you discover your passion. Because when a man doesn't feel fulfilled or affirmed, which usually comes through good, useful work, being effective, being complimented, good job, you did well. Yeah. From discovering your passion, also discovering your identity, and also having a vision for your life. Those are things that are very important. So mentorship is key, and then community. All men have to have a community with what I call like values and like-mindedness. And it is not just about the pleasure of having friends. It's where am I going with my life, and who, are the, who think in this same way and carry those same values. This is a community that I could not feel just safe, but supported. Mm. Community, you know, you know important. Because a lot of times, and I'll let, of course, uh, let, let Kion yeah. win, but a lot of times a man will go to the barber. So let me tell you, I see barber, bartender, um, <laughs> so, you know, men in the sweat. So. And they will start the conversation by saying, but I have a friend, boy. Yeah. But I have a partner, X, Y, Z, going through so and so, so and so. <laughs> this time it's really you going through the scene, you know. <laughs> and you really want to get the Ask consensus the of the village yeah. on the issue. <laughs> but you don't want to really say it's you, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you really quick as we look to wrap. Who's a good mentor? Because again, your mentorship pool will be your environment. So if I, on the block, I can imagine my mentor will be the insurance man who live in about three stories <laughs> up the three streets down, whatever. Or, or if I'm a fisherman, my mentors might be people within the fishing depot. So, so I'm trying to figure out how do we get in touch with these mentors and, and, and you know, isn't your mentor really based on your environment? Yeah, so that, that's one of the big problems that we have. So for example, the, the, I would say the high-risk young adults, um, the guys who live on the block with no good father figure, their mentors are negatively um, persons in the gangs, mm. right? We need to have these proper mentorship groups. We need to have men in leadership positions being able Giving to back. Yes. give back to, to, to these young persons who do not have the good father figure, who do not have a, a proper um, man figure head to, to learn from and, and to, to grow from. Um, so a good mentor uh, in the health field will always be one of your doctors you could go to for a health-related problem, for a sexual-related problem. Uh, the psychological field, you could always see a psychologist who can put you on the right track. But in general, a good mentor should be someone in a leadership position that you can look up to, that's in the, the straight and the narrow, um, mm -hmm. that will, it could be a pastor. Um, it could be a coach. A coach. Yeah, a lot yeah. of coaches would have. It, it doesn't have to be. It, it doesn't have to be the smartest person in the world. Yeah. It doesn't have to be um, the most successful person in the world. It just has to be someone that could say, "Hey, mm. right and wrong. Yeah. Hey, I really think that you should do this. Or hey, this is beyond me. Let me put you onto somebody else." Well said. What we're gonna do? We'll take a quick one. We're gonna come back and talk about achievements or sometimes lack thereof. If it makes us feel a certain way, you know, we look at the dating scene, how the tables turn now. Men, sometimes we are the ones being hunted, right? <laughs> um, when the bill reach, sometimes it's a kind of still a ticklish yeah. issue. Um, so how do we approach the dating game, especially going in knowing that you're not there just yet? Uh, let's come back and deal with that. Men Talk, right here on Freedom FM and CNC3. Welcome back to Men Talk. I know we're going to get into achievements or lack thereof, but I want to put that on a little pause for now and just ask the, the panel, do you think the whole concept of having the older guys, because we go back again to mentorship and the environment, but I recall football sweat. After sweat, you sit down, 
the man in the conversation as a youth man, they're soaking in all the information. Uh, is that still very much active within the community based on your observation, whether it's village or, or, or in the city? Yeah, so I, I've seen that personally where we will have, um, even in schools, for example, after the small sweat or the, the big sweat or intercall matches, um, coach will sit down with the, the, the boys and he will have a talk with them and, and, and that's where the coach has this leadership position outside of football. Mm -hmm. And he will talk to them, and even during training sessions, he will talk to them about, hey, I have a little problem with my girlfriend, or I have a little problem at home, and that kind of stuff. And this is where it's very important um, who that person at the head is, yeah. that they can guide the boys, the, the young adults, into the right path. And even us as big men, I guess, in our field, if someone comes to us, a youngster, with a concern, oh, I think we need to take the time, eh? yeah. Yeah. whatever piece we on, I think we need to take a, a moment and just listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think for me, it, it works out pretty well because they tend to see themselves in me. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm the youngest here, 25. You know, a lot of them, a lot of the times when they, they see me, they can very much relate to some of the things that I would say because, I mean, there isn't much of an age difference, so it's very easy to maneuver and just to say, hey, you gotta keep coming, keep coming. You reach 18, nah, you're no yeah. big man yet. You gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta come, brother. Yeah. You understand? And a lot of the times, a lot of them don't have that because even parents too, and I believe that's some of our downfall, we feel as though as they reach 18, we let them go. But that is when the societal pressure really hits home there, peer pressure, and that is when you really have to stick with the young men and tell them, hey, nah, the problems that you face, you know, will be different from 30, 40, 50. Yeah, they keep going. Yeah, it's important. I also want to jump in and say this, JW. I remember having a little experience by St. Christopher's, this the gas station there. A young man was in power. The moment I put on a suit, I lose some of them, you know. The moment I drive a certain car, I lose some of them. So even though you have a heart to help, there's a posture you have to have to help young men. And number one is humility. Because the moment they see you as the success they see on TV, they can't relate to you. You don't understand their situation. You don't understand where they come from. So a lot of times I had to go back and share my story. And I want to say an encouragement to those who are in corporate or you made it. We had to step back down, come back down to the community. Not the camera social responsibility for the community. Somebody taking pictures, showing you, giving out T-shirts and football. In a, no, no cameras around where you could dress down and just have a, a regular heart-to-heart -heart conversation with that young man. And, you know, he helped me with my gas, and I love the idea of tipping, you know, because it, it usually makes people feel a certain way when they serve you. And when I did that, the joy I saw in that young man's face, I said, I'm going to follow up on you, and I'm following up on your progress. And this is my encouragement, you know, for many of these young people who found employment after. The biggest thing for them was you remember them. Mm -hmm. that you remember their name, you remember their story, mm -hmm. and if they need something, they can holler at you. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that's the key there for us to make the connections in the community. Because just, we live in such a fast-paced time, and the imagery and the constant bombardment on social media and mainstream of the flashy, the glitz, the glamour, everybody living the high life, especially people who looking like you, you're not too sure how they get through with it, mm -hmm. gives you now that impression that, hey, I want that, and I want it now. Mm. And yes, we all would have made something of ourselves and our journey, but it didn't happen overnight. We mm. took years, in some cases, to get to this particular place. So I understand your position, but how do we treat with 
someone who wants it and wants it now, mm -hmm. and they're not willing, or probably they are willing to compromise mm -hmm. the integrity to get there. I think it's, it's uh, again, social responsibility of persons such as the influencers or the persons, as they say, made it to not just show one side of the story, but you have to show the whole side of the story that I had to go through this to reach where I reach. And most persons who have made it would have had some form of mentorship. Mm -hmm. So that, is, that has to be shared. Not only that, they have to make themselves available to be that leader in their space because every, they, it, there is a sector for everything, um, be it in sports, be it in leadership, be it in um, the church space, or be it even in music and entertainment. Because be, beyond me being a radio personality, I'm also an artist and I've been touring for a while. And even that space would have been a space for me to now sit down, be in the airport, be in the check-in area, and we have 10, 12 artists sit down on their bags. That would have been a moment to talk about how do we even balance life at home, being on the road. So there's always a space, no matter what sector, for leaders within the sector to take leadership, Good. especially men, to really lead. Let's take it to the dating scene because um, clearly, I mean, we have some married men on the panel here, so they, 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 they're out of that scene <laughs> and it's a different scene from then to now. But the reality is the dating scene change. Uh, the way people meet, they meet online now, um, you know, conversations, then you go, you meet up. And in many cases, um, women taking the lead. Tassa men feeling away. Tassa men want to step up and handle the bill. Ladies say, no, they got it. Tassa men, cool. <laughs> they rock back, they'll eat, they'll <laughs> drink, and hey, hey, you handle it. So, so there is so much change and so much at play. Uh, what's, 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 what's been your feedback from, from, from cousins, friends, about the dating scene? What you're hearing on the ground right now? So, so GW, first of all, what's wrong if the female pays? <laughs> well, the is, remember that wasn't the tradition, eh? the tradition has always been we and the liberal. Of course, of So, you know, a man, there are certain men who feel less, less, less than, you know, they feel like, you know, well, you know, they don't feel like a man, like, how oh, this girl paying for me now, I go, I go handle it. Well, I, well, I want to jump in and say I started to hear the talk about the high value man, right? Mm. And then I saw where women are saying that they cannot really date somebody if they don't earn a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 43, so I, that, is, that is so alien to the times that I was in the dating scene. But I think now the values have shifted to what people are really looking for. And men are under a lot of pressure, like I told you all in the break, when it comes to money. You know, you have this type of job, you may have this income that is coming in, but you're attracted to a female who wants to date a certain income bracket. <laughs> what do you do? That's a, that's a high level of stress and you know, come back to mental health again. <laughs> I like you, but I can't afford the type of lifestyle you are asking of me. I, you know, I grew up with parents, my father, my mother was dating a doctor at the time, and my father said he really couldn't compete. <laughs> and he wrote a letter, <laughs> you know, and he said, Debbie, I don't have much to offer you, but I have the faith to acquire anything that you would want. My mother left a boyfriend who, had a doc who was a doctor from a father who was a teacher. So that is what, that's the stories I grew up in today. Mm. <laughs> the women look like they don't want to compromise the money. That. Mm. Ah, that, that, that one is a struggle. <laughs> yeah. That one is a struggle. As for me, I will start off by saying, I always tell young men between 20 and 30, even 20 and 25, focus on building a foundation first. Find purpose and anything would follow. You would find women coming easier than expected because why? You have a foundation and they are gravitated towards 
that type of foundation so it's very easy to maneuver for you to choose. And I'll just give everyone a chance to probably close. Put a little closing remark in as we continue to tell men it's okay to, to speak. You'd have to keep it in, you'd have to lash out. You know, we, we, we can become under the extreme pressures. I'll just give everyone a chance to put in a closing remarks. Um, keep it nice and tight and short and yes. as we, we, so, we wrap so things on, up. On my side, it's, it's okay to, to have feelings. It's okay to feel fear and anxiety. Um, it's not okay to lash out on it. It's not okay to keep it in. What we need to do as men is, is discuss it with other men or discuss it with someone that we can trust and we can confide in to, to make better of ourselves. Curtis? Yeah, definitely. Now, um, I want to encourage all men. A man is not just the loudest one in the room, nor the strongest one, but the man that is in control. So let's make that the, the mainstay when it comes to, yeah, I am a man, I'm in control. Well said, yeah. Curtis. Luke? Now, I'm always reminded that life rewards action. And if you didn't remember anything that was said today, do take action to reach out to somebody that could definitely either be a resource or they themselves can mentor you and help you towards the goals and the dreams that you really do aspire to, to hit in life. The youngest man on the panel will speak last. I would say um, be healthy in your masculinity. It's okay to be authoritative, but yet still calm and gentle. It's okay to show kindness. It's okay to be calm. It's okay to forgive. Just be healthy in your masculinity. Excellent. Well said. And it's real talk in real time here with the men on the panel. Men talk, a great installment. And you heard it right here on Freedom FM and, of course, CNC3. Stand by for the next time we engage in deep discussions with men talk right here. See you soon. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.